What's up, world? Welcome back to another great episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. <sighs> Yo, I'm sorry. I'm tired. It is 12, 13 in the morning on a Monday. And actually, today is Monday. Let me look at the date real quick. Monday, September the 7th. So I'm actually going to plan on releasing this episode today. So just know that I was up early this morning recording this episode. Anywho, uh, this is the final episode of this series of I Quit Teaching. Um, it is a three-part series. It's been a long time coming. Diary Entry 27 and Diary Entry 30 are the first two episodes of the series. So if you want to go back and check those out, of course, I recommend that you do that. A little bit about this episode before we get into it. I recorded it back in May. It's with one of my homegirls who's like family to me now. Literally sitting in my car outside our house, we recorded this episode, and it wasn't until I went back and listened to it that I was like, wow, I've really come a long way. I've really grown so much in my journey. Just understanding mental health, understanding my mental health challenges, being able to be a better mental health advocate. It's truly a deep passion of mine that I now carry with me every single day. I do want to go ahead and kind of give a trigger warning. We do talk about very serious things like I reveal about this one time that I was very suicidal during my teaching experience. It was even difficult for me to go back and listen to it to hear it. But the beauty of where I am now versus where I was then I mean, even when I recorded the episode, I've grown so much from that time, from that experience. And I'm really happy to be sharing this now because it shows the growth that can occur from challenges that we may face in life, specifically with mental health and suicide. I've been spending a lot of time. You know what? I'm about to do a whole sidebar. I'm actually about to record another episode, y'all. So know that there's tons of episodes in the works, tons of things coming um, from me and Diary of a Mad Black Man. If this is your first time, I do recommend that you follow me on the socials um, at Diary of the MBM. Of course, well, if this is your first time listening, you don't know that, so you can't say of course, but it's in the description box. Everything you need to know is in the description box. Be sure you read that. I'm really going to start to beef up the information that I put there and the links and resources available to you all. Without further ado, I'm not going to keep you guys much longer. Let's just get into this episode. Um, Jay, I really want to thank you for joining, for being a part of this message. And before, the last thing I'm going to say is that I respect all teachers, all educators, and I really hope that this podcast and this series brings more awareness to the needs that are required and necessary for other teachers like myself who have really been challenged, not just by the system, but just in life in general. I feel that in as an adult, a lot of times we don't give the same level of support and care to adults that we do for children. We make excuses for, eh, you know what, I'm not even going to go there. Let's just get into the episode. So y'all enjoy it. Let me know what you think. Um, be sure you leave a, re- a review, a rating, send me an email, DM on Instagram, whatever it is, but I'm not going to keep you guys too much longer. Let's go ahead and get into the show, and I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, was not right. Yeah, I like the fact that we are testing this out, seeing how this going to sound. Um, the audio waves look pretty good. What's up, Jay? How you feeling today, girl? I'm doing great. A little tired, per my usual, but, you know, that's life. That's that mom life. Mom I life. Can't relate. Can't relate, but I try to understand. <laughs> Um, you just wanna you just wanna kick it off and just keep going like where we at? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. 
My name is Blake, the host, and I have a exceptionally special guest with me today. Oh. This is my friend, my sister, my confidant, my everything. Somebody who I feel is family at this point. You ain't going nowhere, girl, so don't try it. Noted, <laughs> <laughs> noted. Well noted. Write it down, etch it in stone, take a picture, send it to your relative. <laughs> but um, we're going to go ahead and kick off part three. Um, I don't know if this is really like part three in my mind because I've recorded so many episodes talking about why I quit teaching. And I released two of them already. And I'm happy to be doing this one with you now because it's going to bring your perspective and your story. I want to really let the people know that we're not anti-education at all i'm not anti-teachers or the system that i was a part of or anything like that but i think it's important to have this conversation raise awareness in a seemingly positive way even though deep down inside i feel a lot of negative feelings Mm -hmm. from this situation from the people there you know i believed in education very deeply like like you did and you were one of the people that i met when I first moved to Atlanta. First year. First year. Shout out to all my first years. Um, these audio waves are like blowing me right now, but whatever. We're going to keep rocking what we're doing. Um, so let's kick it off, Jay. Um, tell the people about yourself. Tell them who you are and a little bit about what you stand for. Okay. Well, hello. Um, I am, first of all, a mother of three. I am a not-so-retired teacher. I just changed my position in the classroom. Um, Pause. You know what I just realized? I don't think I had this on the right way. Let's try this. Um, try that now. Let's. Okay. I think we might have to do this, start this recording over. Gotcha. Because now I'm looking at the waves. Like, mm-hmm. see how they look different yeah. now that I switched the little thing? Yeah. Let me see something. Hold on. But you know what? This is Diary. This is Diary of a Mad Black Man. We're not going to edit that audio out. We're going to keep rocking. My people who listen to the show, we're going to keep rocking. So we took a slight little pause, but we back, y'all. So, Jay, All right. pick up where you left off, girl. So, um, as Blake has mentioned, we met during both of our, uh, I guess it would be like our official, official first year mm-hmm. teaching. And um, we were working in the same building. And it was not a pretty situation for me my first year. Um, I just had my first baby. She was, what, seven or eight months mm-hmm. when I started working. So that was already an added stress. But I was like, you know what, we're going to do it. Then, before that first semester was over, I found out I was pregnant with my twins. So talk about fucking just stressed to the living. First year teacher, could you imagine during your first year finding out you're pregnant with twins? Baby. And then on top of all of that, I think because of who I was working under at the time, it didn't make it any better. Um, So I'm, I know. So the administrator we were under at at that time, um, she didn't like me. I don't know why. I guess because she had an idea of who I should have been when she hired me. And I unfortunately, I did not live up to it because of what I just told you, basically, um, my first year. And I don't give a fuck what they say. When you in that classroom learning all that shit to get your degree, it is nothing like when you finally enter the, the, a building and have your own room. 
it's nothing like when you have your student teacher, student teaching experience, even though that last little practicum, you know, you're doing all the work. It's still, you still have that teacher in the classroom. So it's not your room. Right. So to have everything belong to you, oh baby, <laughs> you, you in for a rude awakening. I'm not saying this for anybody that looking to go into education not to do it but just i I wish somebody would have told me the truth the truth i wish somebody would have told me the truth um anyway so this principal was i'm just gonna be honest she was a bitch she was a straight up bitch um i had a parent my i'm pregnant y'all i had a parent basically harass me the whole year because she just thought her child was just better than everybody. This lady got upset with me because around Valentine's Day, we were unable to have a party because um, I had really bad morning sickness. Like, I would be teaching it and then have to throw up and then get back to like, okay, so this is the letter A type situation. It was bad to the point where the administration uh, would say, oh, it's just a little morning sickness. She'll be all right. Like, they didn't care. Anyway, the parent got upset because I was sick, and I it was one of the times where I couldn't stay. I would stay a lot, but this is one of the situations where I could not stay. Um, and so the kids were unable to have a Valentine's Day party. The principal at the time allowed this mother to pull me out of class at 8 o'clock in the morning, like just on some, she up here, she want to talk to you. And then allowed that woman to verbally accost me for like an hour straight on some like I need to understand why you still teaching you don't care you clearly here for the check um when I was pregnant I was going to Beyonce concerts and you telling me you can't handle standing in front of a classroom like bitch what the excuse me and y'all know because I'm the teacher I have to sit there all quietly and shake my head and nod like I understand her be a professional right no fuck that shit the principal should have stopped her Mm -hmm. cause she went when you gonna take your maternity leave like that's none of your fucking business. The fuck you mean? When it's time, bitch. Anyway, so the principal let this lady talk to me crazy. And then at the end of the conversation, the principal goes, well, I hear you. And um, I'm sure that has heard you too. And she understands. No, I don't motherfucking understand. I don't. Y'all, this parent harassed me all year long, even during the summer. We ran into her at a grocery store. She tried to fight my seven-month pregnant ass at the grocery store. Yeah. And I feel like that could have been avoided had the principal at the time been like, no, this is not, we're not going to do this. I understand you're upset, but you can't talk to my employee like this. Like, she didn't give a fuck about the employees for real. She really didn't care. Like, we're robots. You have to push out this work. You have to do what I need you to do. Get this data together, blah blah blah, and that's it. Like the personal, so she she wasn't a people person, and I feel like that really just was the the beginning of my downfall. Mm-hmm. It really was because I year. felt like I really didn't have support. Then they gave us mentors. Come to find out, my mentor was her best friend, so all the stuff that I was confiding in her about, not that I was like just giving her all the business but i was like i don't really really don't feel like she likes me she going back and telling her mm-hmm. so to the point where the principal pulls me like i feel like you feel like i don't like you first of all bitch we're not around each other enough for you to get the feeling of that so i knew everything i had said mm-hmm. had been exposed yeah and from that time that point on like i didn't trust nobody, nobody. or nothing in that building 
Yeah, that same thing happened to me with um, with my mentor. Uh, my first year, you already know, Jay, my team was absolutely horrible. Horrible. Oh, my God. Bless them women hearts because <laughs> I love my black queens. But them women, like, yeah. at a certain you remember. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was to the point to where I was like, can I get this PowerPoint? She was like, nope. I was like, so you're not going to help me teach these right. kids? Like, you really, like, and it got to the point, like, my second semester, um, I remember, you know, going through all that stuff and even dealing with my own depression. And that was my first year here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I remember the stress of going to work every day, dealing with the political nonsense that went on in the building mm-hmm. and the different mm-hmm. games they would play in the yeah. meetings. And just, it was just toxic. It, it really was. And I don't think... Okay, I, and I hate to bring it to this, but millennials, we can only take so much. And I feel like that building was full of old b- unfortunately. Say it like it is, girl, because I... <laughs> like, stuck in their own... And I'm not saying I was doing anything perfectly or right, because mm-hmm. I, I was struggling. And the thing about it is, I admitted I was struggling. Mm-hmm. And instead of, I feel like, people really helping me, and there were a few that really would try, you know, give mm-hmm. me advice. Yeah. A few. But for the most part, they'd be in the office talking about me. Mm-hmm. Trying to find, like, find ways to trip me up. And my whole thing is, okay, we're in a building. A lot of these teachers are black. You really gonna let a fellow black American who already got 18 million things to fight against fail in their career, too, because of whatever? Instead of coming and being like, look girl you messing up up okay let me let me help you and i know they probably was like well we did no you didn't no you didn't that, that's, that's no, one of the things i said was like they could they always had the leverage to say oh you're supported right because it was somebody's job mm-hmm. to support you yeah but, but they did, weren't really really doing did you get the support job. that you needed nope not at all not at all and one of the things they used to always say, well, you got to ask for help. I don't know what I need help, help with. with. Oh, my God. And I said, <laughs> I said that. I was like, y'all, I don't even know where to start. Because that second year, I had my babies over the summer. So I came back in October. They did not even give me my assigned class back because one of my teammates was leaving. So I had to take over her class. And they gave me the ESOL, lowest of the low babies. So here I am, again, starting basically anew. And y'all gonna give me ESOL and the lowest of the low. I got three babies at the house now. I got all these RTIs that I'm supposed to be responsible for. I got a lesson plan. I mean, I know that's just a part of teacher life, but like second year trying to do all that. And I, and I, I really was like, y'all, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you need to make a schedule and you need to do this and you do. Okay. Well, look. I hear what you're saying. However, I am not able to get it all together. I was also suffering from depression, postpartum. Nobody knew because I kept it real cute. Kept it cute as possible. There was days I was in that classroom bawling while my kids was at lunch or specials because I just could not get on top of things. I literally felt like I was drowning. I felt like there was nobody I could reach out to. There was nobody I could talk to in that building Mm -hmm. that would, one, understand and two, that I felt like would really help me. Mm-hmm. And then that year, the grade level chair was my mentor that had told all my business. Mm-hmm. So I really did. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like I had anybody to go to. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and I'm a person, I'm going to tell you all my business because I don't care. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> it is what it, it is. is, what it is. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them people in the building, whether they want to end or not, was fucked up too. Okay? Beyond repair. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I just, I felt really alone. Even though I had friends in the building. And, you know, we would have our little powwows and stuff. I never really told anybody how bad I was struggling. Mm-hmm. I never really told anybody I was suffering from postpartum, which leads me to year three, where I had a whole motherfucking breakdown in the damn principal's office. We had a new principal at this time, but the vice principal was the same person. The principal was the same person. Um, and they pulled me into the office because, I again, from that first year, shit just got worse and worse and worse. Fourth, my third year, we teach in fourth grade, and it was a class that was infamous. This class was full of students that you knew their name, and you might not even have met them before. Like, ooh, that little boy, oh. And, you know, as educators, we're supposed to give everybody a new slate, but, like, that, that wasn't a new slate for these people. Mm-hmm. So, it was a horrible class. Everybody knew it, everybody, nobody wanted to deal with them. And so much so that we would ask for help. We tried a whole bunch of different things, and there was really no support. They just blamed us for it. And it's like, how am I getting blamed for literally three years of these this happening? There was no structure in that None. building for discipline. Mm-hmm. Those children were allowed to literally do whatever it is that they felt. And got a slap on the wrist and would come back in the classroom and do the same thing. And it's not, you know, it's like, yeah, I got a behavior plan in place. I'm Mm -hmm. following it. But y'all not following y'all part. Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't even want, it got to the point where we could not write people up, Mm y'all. They didn't want us writing people up. Have you reached out to the parent? Yeah, I done called the parent. The parent won't fucking call me back. The fuck you want me to do? Or the parent blaming me. Like, what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. Y'all need to do something at this point. Yep, I remember the first time I had to really put my foot down with it. I had a new student in my class who transferred in, and I wanted this student to be in my class because I wanted to work with him. And at the same time, I was the kind of teacher where I was very strict and by the book when it came to policies and procedures. Mm -hmm. If you did certain things and there was a consequence already outlined for that, that consequence was going to come full force, no remorse. Mm -hmm. And I remember the time this little child blew up on me get the F off my computer, F you, da 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 and, like, went off in front of my whole class and stormed out, slammed the door. And this was one of the first times that this had happened to me in my class. But I was like, you know what? I'm finna handle this. Class sit, you know, I have my class in check. Mm-hmm. Level one, you yeah. know, policy three, get into them books, and, you know, you know what to do right now. Let me handle the situation. I literally walked this little boy down to the front office, told the principal what happened. I was like, he's not, no, this is absolutely unacceptable. This is a office managed behavior that this child is displaying and when I said this is an office managed behavior that this child is displaying so I'm bringing him here so the office can manage his behavior per my behavior plan right well Mr. Johnson you the one that wanted him in your class that don't matter this is an office managed behavior that I'm gonna bring this student here to you for so therefore manage it right this lady gonna look at me say Mr. Johnson you need to calm down you starting to act like this and in that moment I was like you know what you right I am getting a lot out of my body, but look at how you're acting. You mm-hmm. literally laughing in my face mm-hmm. in front of this child, and like this behavior is yeah. is acceptable. And I and I, I and I also understand the cradle to prison pipeline and how school suspensions and discipline can lead students to be down that track. At the same time, what are we 
now teaching these kids by not oh, disciplining them at all. Exactly. And we're not even at least having a conversation hey, with them. Baby. And that was my thing. That was my thing. We're not even talking to we these kids. We don't even talk to them. Y'all don't even sit them down in your office. And then, oh, they got lunch detention. So they sitting in you in your office for 30 minutes and then they back. And you're not talking to them. You're not nothing. They just sitting there and you typing and tip tipping on your computer. And then they go back to the classroom and they do the same stuff. So it got to the point where I wouldn't even call the office. Because for what? For what? For what? Yep. I remember when I had a student. Um, this was during that third year. And, and let, let me tell this story. So this student had a long IEP. Mm. You know who I'm talking about. I ain't gonna say his name, but <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One of the sweetest children I've ever met. When I really got to, exactly when I really built that rapport with mm-hmm. him within that first month and let him know I'm not that teacher. Yep. You know what I'm saying? This ain't gonna be what this is. You know, this student had literally assaulted a teacher That's the previous yep. last year. Yep. And I said, baby, what you not going to do is assault this one. Okay, because we're going to be on Fox 5. Fox 5, baby. <laughs> I'm going to be cheesing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think that a lot of times in education, we want to, one, two, three, let's Mm-mm. stop, sit down. When when the kind of demographics that we're working with, that's okay. not the discipline that's they receive at home. Exactly. And at the same time, I know that the discipline they receive at home is traumatic Mm -hmm. because I'm still dealing with it as an adult. Exactly. So so it's like a fine balance. You have to you you had to walk each and every single day in that building because it's like on one hand, I need to survive and maintain my mental stability. Mm. And see, that's what we're not talking about. Mm -hmm. We're not like a nobody really cares about the teachers mentals. But there was a um, study and I cannot think of it right now for the life of me. But um 60% 60% or so of the teachers admitted that, like, they struggle mentally. Mm-hmm. And this was like, oh, dang, I wish I would have bookmarked it. I have, I actually, you know what, I posted something like this on my Instagram. I just okay. pulled it up. It says, teachers and mental health. It says, as you can manage, as, as you can imagine, this high level of consistent stress can take a physical toll on teachers impacting their health. of teachers are diagnosed with poor sleep quality and 46% are diagnosed with excessive sleeplessness, sleepiness, excuse me. The number of teachers who experience burnout is worrisome. A work-life survey done in 2017 consisted of 3.2 million full-time FTE K-12 teachers throughout the U.S. Of the 3.2 million, 1.86 million described their mental health as not good. Mm. In the same study, 61% 61% of teachers disclosed that they were always or often faced high-stress situations over a 30-day period. Almost half of all new teachers across the nation will abandon their position, will abandon their profession within the first five years. And baby, that's not the truth because I have friends that did not teach in the county that we were in, did not teach in the building that we were in, and they're not teaching in the same capacity either. Like, they left their full, in the middle of the year, left their full time. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> me tag me. Right, I... left a full time position in the middle of the year because it's not what we. It, it wasn't what signed I signed up, up for. for, and I'm not here for a paycheck. No, and that's the issue too. Whether people want to admit it or not, a lot of the uh, younger people like we in shit because we really want to do it, but the older people are there for their check, and I feel like that's a part of the breakdown too. Uh, as far as 
them understanding and changing and I get it, like you gotta adhere to the state or something, but I feel like certain things in your building you are responsible for. Oh, and you can change. And you I just feel like in our building they didn't want to change. Mm-mm. Change was not something that they did well. Um, and especially when it came to how you deal with behaviors. <laughs> Their whole is you gonna sit down and do what I say because I said it and that's not how these little people work. That's old school mentality. That is so old school. It, it, I was literally just having a conversation with my with this homeboy of mine the other day about economics, and it talked about the and there's three different types of economy. Now this is fresh, so I don't really know the the full depths or the scope of the research or what this um, psychologist said. It was Esther Perel, I believe is her name, and it talks about the production economy. That was like the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. They were the ones that produced the world that mm-hmm. we made. They built everything. Mm-hmm. They established the systems and everything that we operate under. Then the next generation would be like our parents. That was a service economy. So these people were really trained to go out and run these operations, run this business, run the economy the way that it was. So it was a service-oriented type of economy where people were going into positions because they had to serve others and to give of others. Mm-hmm. Our generation is millennials. We're living in an identity economy so everything that we do we want it to be a tie to who we are Mm -hmm. we as millennials want to live a lifestyle where i'm not going to spend 30 years working my job just to pay some bills and i'm miserable the majority of my life exactly you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i chose the career of teaching because i thought it was going to give me the lifestyle that i wanted and allow me to fulfill my inner passions of educating and helping the world and giving back and i quickly realized that being a teacher was not that Mm -hmm. Definitely not in Clayton County. Uh-uh. And it was it, it was it was really sad because almost every single time I never have ever told somebody, yeah, I'm a teacher. This is literally how it go. I'm a teacher. Oh, wow, that's so great. I'm so proud of you. Where do you teach at? Oh. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And I was just like, and, and at one point I was like, man, skip that. I'm right. These my people, you know, it's a fully black run school district. Is um, you know, I, I came to Atlanta with this idea I'm being around my people, right? And I saw how these people were not for my people. I saw how a lot of things that were happening was just to get through the day, continue business as usual. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the day when we were in the staff meeting and we were talking about planning fall festival, mm. and the principal gonna say, Six, oh my, I don't want to be after dark i don't want to be a what and and that really clicked to me that was that was that was really like the icing on the cake to realize that she lives up in cobb county Mm -hmm. she don't even want to be in this she don't even want to be in the same community right that these children that you're serving every single day after dark Mm -hmm. that's how you feel about this community right right you scared to be out here with these kids after dark I live 10 minutes from here. I'm in this community with these kids. So I know what they hear. I, I hear the gunshots at nighttime. Exactly. I hear the sirens. You know what I'm saying? And I remember the one time there was a a house that burned down like two or three blocks from the school. Somebody died in that house. Was there an announcement at the school? Did we have any conversation about that? I feel like in education, like I, I just got to the point to where I felt like I was too real for the shit. Mm-hmm. My mental stability was so fried. Yes. You know, me, I, I think us first years, that was the thing that it was like we had, we supported each other, but really we would just come together and just cry. Cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cry and be like, what we going to do? Right. We just got to, well, yeah. at least we're not crying alone. We're going to have this little carpet exactly. party. 
Exactly. And get through the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, one of the things that, because I remember our third year, me and you, we were the only two from our first years who stuck through. Mm-hmm. And I, we were like, Jay, we got to make it to the end. We got to make it to the end. I remember yep. when I got to the point, he was like, I don't know if I'm, I said, Jay, I'm dead serious. I'm not, and even at the time, we were close. But we weren't as close. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it was during it was during this experience mm-hmm. of me leaving and transitioning that really brought us together as like family. Cause we really realized like this is really beyond the yeah. walls of this building. This is really beyond this job, a career, mm-hmm. credentials, and all that shit. Like my life is in jeopardy right now. Yeah. Trying to do this. Trying to do this. Trying to Yep. Trying to push, you know, and something else, when we talk about trauma, my first year, you know how many DFAS reports I had to fill out? How many, how many times that my, you know, when we're teachers, when you work with children, you're a mandated Mandated reporter, reporter. Mm -hmm. which means that if a child tells you something, you are obligated by law, it, it broke my heart. How many times I had to do this? (laughs) <laughs> for once out over and over again and the response I remember the results of one of the cases I uh, reported was DFAX came back and said well they investigated and found out the cousin of the little girl was like 16 so it was minor on minor there was nothing they could do what do you wow so yeah it was it was heavy mm. it was heavy on my heart it was heavy on my soul to relive the trauma mm-hmm. every single day. Yeah. And I remember uh, the prince was like, how did one time, he was like, you know, Mr. Johnson, you seem to have it all together. You're doing so well. And just what, what happened to you? How did you overcome this? I said, girl, I'm still dealing with it to this day. Yeah. Don't let the, these dress clothes yeah. and, you know, this smiling face and welcome to class, you know, right. fool you. It's doing a good job at fooling you, but... Most days when I got in that car, I was in tears before I got to the crib. Mm-hmm. Because you saw that even in all the work that you were putting in, it wasn't enough. Yeah. Especially when you worked on like our first year administration. Mm. Remember, when, I remember when she told me the best. Well, you know, I'm expl- She wrote me up for some for some stuff. I did leave early because I was about to basically have a panic attack. <laughs> right. It was either I spazzed or right. I leave right now mm-hmm. and she wrote me up for that which of course I shouldn't have left before contracted hours but whatever but at the end of the meeting she's like what's really going on with you I said I told her I said I'm doing the best that I can to educate these children as best as possible that woman looked at me dead in my face said the best you can do is not good enough yep and yep. I was like that crushed my spirit yep. those words never left me because for and, and it was when they used the Hattie Mays you know things of you know, 10 things a teacher should do. It was like, that was the message that they pushed was the best you can do is never good enough. Mm-hmm. I, I never could accept that. Yeah. I never could. I think I came to the realization of the same thing during my first year because like I'm killing myself. I'm pregnant, but I'm still staying up and getting, trying to get all this stuff done. And I had first grade. So you would think it's a piece of cake. Well, no, cause I got to learn all this stuff. But anyway, in the midst of that, I think I realized, like, no how, no matter how hard you try, Jay, no matter how hard you try, one, you still going to have these babies that just don't get it because they're not getting the support at home. Two, your boss is not going to be happy because she's 
innately not happy with herself, but that's none of my business. But like, and then three, they already expect these children to fail. So it is what it is. And it's not, it is what it is. That's what's, that's the fucked up part about it all. Mm -hmm. Like, this is education. This is supposed to be the, this is our future. (laughs) Y'all like these people going to be making decisions for us. And at the rate we're going, (laughs) me and my baby's about to head out because I don't trust none of these little people. I don't. Some of these little people don't went to middle school and I can only imagine the type of stuff they into now. Things that are being said, done, etc. And I know they're, they weren't on level when they left. So I can, anyway, I just, I mean, and I'm not going to take full responsibility for any of that because when it comes to educating our babies, it's literally everybody in that person, in that baby's um, life job, Mm -hmm. like parents, teachers, shit neighbors like we have to all care and i realized that unfortunately these parents think that sending their child to school is basically free daycare and then the administration care but they don't care care they just want to make sure they data look all right so they don't lose their job i feel like because they've been removed from the classroom for so long Mm -hmm. they don't get it anymore the county coming in the main thing you worried about is the bulletin board right but we got a grade level of fifth grade students where 85 percent are reading at third grade and below and you worried about a bulletin board with these people coming up in here you know what i'm saying so i i think that i was just too too honest too blunt too open too transparent you know especially when i confided in them with my situation about dealing with depression and anxiety you know the mentality was oh do you pray do you go to church you talk to god and da 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 and you know, and I even confided in that I was, you know, trying medication so that when I came in and I was a little spaced out in the morning. They would understand. Y'all would know. Yep. And that all backfired on me. Same here. All backfired. You used everything that I thought that I was being a professional and mm. transparent and honest about. You used it against me. Yep. And even down to the points when um, the AP told me the death of your grandmother is not a good enough excuse to miss all this work. And she came and apologized afterwards, but you know, you, that's just something that you said it. You said it. It's you, out there, and and you meant it. You did. You 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 didn't you didn't care that I was thinking about killing myself every day. You didn't care that I was trying different medications and none of the shit was working. And within a month now, I'm on seven, just mm-hmm. trying to balance my life out. You know what I'm saying? Was I doing everything right? Hell no. But was I trying with everything that I had? Absolutely. Exactly. And, it, and, it, and then you guys wrote me up for the ethics violation because somebody was on my Facebook. And y'all start like, why are you on my Facebook at night worried about what I'm doing? Why are you not in here trying to create new strategies to help this building run more efficiently? Okay. Ugh. Y'all. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, <sighs> just I'm just going back to my own breakdown. They pulled me into the office and they were like, what's really going on? And I was like, nothing. They're like, you don't smile. I don't have to fucking smile at y'all. So wait, 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 wait. Before you go into this story, because I remember you telling me this, I remember you going through this. Let's really set it up for what, so that people can really understand what happened. So you were going, and I'm just, correct me if I'm wrong, chime in. Mm -hmm. We were both dealing with a lot, and you had confided in them too. This, this is where I, this is where I snapped. I, I never told them details. I just snapped. Mm-hmm. Unlike you, where you went to them, you like this is I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. 
I never told them that because I I didn't feel like it was any of their business to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Facts. Um. So I was just dealing with my depression, and nobody really knew. Like now that I'm thinking about it, like you kind of, mm-hmm. but like nobody really knew. Mm-hmm. But um. They pulled you into the office. I'm trying to. I'm trying to go back. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna stop right before this. Um, I had came up with a. A suicide plan. Plan, I guess. Um, I was gonna put my babies to bed. I was gonna take a whole bunch of stuff, and then I was gonna drive. And the plan was to hopefully just crash and burn, and it'd be all over, right? Well, I was sitting on the side of my bed crying. My oldest was in my bed, sleep, and she just reached her hand down like, "Mommy, don't cry." And I'm like, yeah, I promise the guy my child was sleep, sleep, like snoring sleep. And I wasn't like, ah, bawling. I was like, you know, silently, your shoulders just going and you just crying. Like, and she literally, her hand on my cheek and said, mommy, don't cry. And I felt like that was God, Buddha, Allah, whoever, somebody. The most high. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, you know, of course I didn't do it. Clearly I didn't do it. And I haven't thought about it for real, seriously since then. But, um, anyway, so right after this happened where I'm like, okay, you got to get your life together, Jay. They pulled me into the office and they're like, we just trying to figure out what's going on because, um, you know, you're not turning things in on time and, you know, just telling me everything that I did wrong, that I was doing wrong. You're having fights in your classroom. That means you're not managing your classroom. Yeah. A lot of these fights that was happening, I literally was standing in the middle of the room teaching we having fun next thing i know we got people boxing boxing but anyway um yeah just point out everything out there you're always late yeah because i got three little people that i got to get to get up get together and every morning somebody upset or somebody throwing up right before somebody got to pee right before one day i came to school with blood on my skirt because my baby's nose was bleeding like but i had to get to work on time so i came to work with blood on my skirt because I didn't want to get written up. Like, that's the type of shit we was dealing with. Anyway, so they're just going on, going on. And we need to know, are you coming back next year or not? And I hadn't decided at that point because I'm like, I just need to make it through the end of this year. Because I wasn't going to leave. I was going to make it through. They just kept poking, kept prodding. And I said, I, I literally remember, I, I it was like an out-of-body experience. I saw myself, I dropped my head, and then I looked back up. And I was like, see, what I was trying to do was avoid this. I said, but y'all want to see who she really is? Y'all want to see who she really is? And I slammed the table. I said, here the fuck she is. This who the fuck she is. Like, I spaz. I spaz. I was like, y'all always worrying about this and then the third. Fuck y'all. And fuck this shit. Like, I'm ta- I'm trying not to kill myself. Like, I, I literally lost it. I lost it. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Like, then they want to be all sympathetic and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck it. No, nah, where the paper at? I'll bring the paper. I'm, no, I'm not coming back next year. Well, we don't want you to feel like you were uh, pushed into making this decision. Because <laughs> that's exactly what they had did. Mm-hmm. They poked and prodded and pushed me yep. into sa- saying I wasn't going to come back next year. And then, like, after that, the principal called my mom. Had the police come to my house trying to check on me oh now y'all want to check on me 
Yeah, yeah, I want to check on you. Um, they sent me to a psychiatrist. <laughs> I had to get evaluated. And he was like, there's nothing wrong with you. You just, you're stressed out. Stressed out, yep. Nothing's wrong with you. You're stressed out. Like, you might be dealing with a little bit of depression, but overall, it's stress. How many weeks do you want off? I took two. I should have took a month. But <laughs> I was like, how I many didn't, can you give me? Right. I didn't want to abandon. And see, here it goes. Back to it. I didn't want to abandon my students Man. for that long, y'all. Oh. See, they swear like you don't care about your job. No, I do care. And that's why this shit is so fucking hard. Because I do care. And I do want to make a difference. Yeah. And I'm trying my best to change these kids' lives on not just the educational level, but on the personal level. Because a lot of these kids just want a hug. Somebody tell them they're they're loved, they're beautiful, right. they're smart, they're great. Those are the things that I used to try to tell my kids each and every single day. I had this little morning mantra that I had. And I literally had a lady tell me, you're wasting instructional time. I said, I'm wasting instructional time to build the minds. Right. To build a community. I'm taking the first five minutes of my class to bring us all together to not focus on standards, to focus on self. And you're telling me that's wasting instructional time. That's my thing, too. I'm the technology liaison, but I'm using too much technology in the classroom. (laughs) What? Come on now. And it just got to the point to where it was like, it's this job or your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, my, um, I told you this, um, but I'm gonna say it now because, you know, I was, I was gonna, I was, I, I made my plan and I was gonna execute. Sitting on Jackson Street Bridge about 345 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And out my peripheral, I see them four guys, four guys walk mm-hmm. up. And they was on the other side of the street at first, but then my peripheral again shows these dudes crossing the street. Mind you, it's 3.45 in the morning. Anybody knows who Jackson Street Bridge is? It's the bridge that basically look overlooking downtown Atlanta. I'm sitting on this bridge, and I literally had a black, and I was like, by the time this thing is done, close my eyes, I'm going forward. These four guys that walked up saved my life that night. Um, because in the midst of me sitting there, I saw them starting to cross the street and walk towards where I was sitting on this bridge. And in my mind, I was a little concerned. Because I'm like, what these niggas coming over here to do? But I was like, y'all ain't finna come over here and do nothing to me that I don't already want done. So it is what it is. Four guys walked up on me. Hood niggas. I love them. I love all my people. But you could tell. You know somebody from the hood when you see them. They got close. And I'm just still sitting there. I'm like, man, it's whatever at this point. And they literally walked up on me like, you good, bro? You straight? I was like, yeah, I'm cool. Y'all all right? And one of the guys was like, yeah, man, we just walked over here. Make sure you good, bro. That's all. Be safe out here. And kept walking. And it was in that moment that I realized that people will be there for you. There is kindness in this world. And then you do have a reason to live. You know, it was just in that moment, you know, my fear of these guys potentially about to do something and me want to do something to myself. But then it was just like they was really just crossing the street to make sure I was good. They they probably felt the energy. It's 345 in the morning and I'm sitting on Jack's like literally my feet on the other side. I'm just sitting there like, well, boy, it's been a good ride. This is it. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm laughing talking about it, but this was real. Yeah. And these people didn't realize that that's where I was. And it was after that that I was like, I got to find a way to fight through this. And that's when I really got back into therapy and counseling and started medicating. And it just, I spiraled from there. And in the midst of me trying to fight to survive, I quit. Quit during the middle of the year because then people were telling me that I was failing my students. Uh, me not being there in the building was affecting the school. Um, because I wasn't coming in, they couldn't replace me. Right. They could barely, I mean, you could barely get a sub in there on a regular day. That is true. So I was like, you know, since this is what's best for the kids, what's best for the school, I'm going to remove myself. Y'all find somebody else. And they did. <laughs> for real, for real. Until. <laughs> They'll never have another teacher like me. There'll never be another Mr. Johnson. It might be somebody else with name, but I'm irreplaceable. You better know that. <laughs> did nobody run that hall? Did nobody run bus lane like me? <laughs> Who? <laughs> who? Who could who could open a voice and command a room like that? I was a good second place. Oh just no! So you, know. you was there. Me you used to run that bus lane. I would go in that cafeteria and shut it down. Mm-hmm. Principal couldn't even come in there and do that. So it was like you know the report because I let my students know I'm your teacher. I'm here to help you learn. But at the end of the day, I got you. Mm-hmm. I want what's best for you. Right. Hey, some, some of y'all gonna fail my class. Yeah. That's yeah. not gonna change how I feel about you. Yeah. But also, this grade does not say who you are. Exactly. You know and that was my thing too. Um, I used to keep it real with my kids. Mm-hmm. Cause why not? Why are we gonna lie to these folks? Mm-hmm. A lot of the, the students that we served were black and Hispanic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I already know what we dealing with. So. I told my kids about the the uh, crater, the pipe, uh, prison pipe. Pre- yeah, I told them about that. I did, cause why not? They need to know. Yeah, and some of them listen, and some of them you can see the change in them. Mm-hmm. You, I really saw a change in these kids, and that's what was so hard for me to leave. Cause like you, I saw that what I was doing was working. Exactly. But from a system mm-hmm. perspective, it. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't, exactly. Like, I had some students. I'm talking about one student. Baby, everybody hate to see him coming, but that was my boy, okay? Man, listen. He, like, he was trying to stay in my class all day because he didn't want to go nowhere else because everybody, everybody else just made him feel like a little fucker. Like, nobody saw him for who he was. Yeah. Nobody gave him a I had another it. student, same situation. Mm-hmm. You saw him coming. Mm-mm, not him. He used to want to stay. I mean, like, by the end of the year, hey, coming in, dapping me up, hugging me. It was cool. And he, you know, he would work for me. He wouldn't work for nobody else. And he, I don't know what Hey, I ain't even got to ask him for nothing. He would sit right by my desk, and he would work, and he was passing. Mm-hmm. And people would be like, you just giving him grace. I'm not giving him nothing. Hmm. He's sitting down and he's listening. Because I used to teach social studies and science. So, like, you know, those are the... You can, you can have fun with those. Mm-hmm. And so I used to do it in a way. Like, when we used to talk about the battles and stuff, the Civil War and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'd be like, all right, so so-and-so and his crew came up. I used to do it, flip it like that. <laughs> right, because yeah. that's what they understood. Edutainment. You got yeah, edu- you you, to entertain you these have kids. To you do. And, so. and that was one of the things that I did in my class a lot was we used to, you know, you know my classroom was like club compound and that thing. Same. All right, brain break. Let's go. Turn on go pop. Let's get it. Bop, bop, bop. You right. know what I'm saying? Just have fun. Like, and that was the thing we they, and not saying the other 
teachers weren't doing what they needed to do. But if we stressed out and, and stuff from just, you know, having to teach the content, what do you think these babies feeling? Mm-hmm. They stuck in the classroom all day. In these raggedy desks, uncomfortable chairs, yeah. and you want me to use paper and pencil. And they were like, you know, let's incorporate technology. Oh. Kids, we was dealing with, we couldn't do that because they was on Google Hangouts doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Okay. So you had to figure out other ways, you know. And I tried my best. We used to freestyle. I used to rap with my kids. And that was one of my things. Like, all right, if we get through this week on a good note, a hey, Friday, Freestyle Friday. Mm-hmm. They like that. They, they came for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you look at the data, I suppose, or... The data, the numbers. What about the GMAS? They're going to pass the GMAS. Then I guess I wasn't doing my job. But I do feel like my students learned something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have um, some parents to this day I still keep in touch with. And um, and, uh, I just... I, I feel that, you know, a part of me, you know, reason why I still do this podcast and stuff and everything that it is that I'm doing is because it still allows me to teach. Mm-hmm. It still allows me to educate, to share and exchange knowledge with other people. Yeah. And that's really the mission I'm still on. I'm still going to fulfill my life's mission, mission, which is to put a lead. Like my favorite quote that I go by is I can't do all the good the world needs, mm-hmm. but the world needs all the good that I can do. Amen. You know what I'm saying? And so, but I have to take care of myself first. And that's something I didn't realize during teaching was exactly. I had to put myself first. Mm-hmm. And had I known what I know now, I wouldn't have told them people none of my business. Exactly. I, w- I would have went straight to HR. Mm-hmm. When I filed that grievance, I, I, w- I, w- I would have told my lawyer, I don't care if this stuff takes 10 years, we're going to go to court. Yeah. And we're going to fight this because what these people are doing is wrong. I come back in the building and this dude going to tell me, dang, Mr. Johnson, I ain't think you coming back. Now nah, I'm losing money because we all made a bet that you weren't coming back. We thought you had got uh from when you because you know I had failed at remember I failed on the playground. Mm-hmm. We thought you had went out for a drug test and they they finally dropped you. What? Wow. Wow. <laughs> Only reason y'all know I smoke weed is because all y'all smoke weed too. Hello. Okay. Everybody in there drinking, smoking. <laughs> Might be doing some other stuff. Popping, snorting something because <laughs> we ain't the only ones in here stressed out, struggling to make it through. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We ain't the only ones who had some prescriptions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, for me, um, I did I did not go back my third year. I mean, my, four, my fourth year, but I have been subbing. Um, and I enjoy it, but I do miss my having my own classroom. Mm-hmm. So the plan was to go back into the classroom, but then coronavirus... <laughs> so I don't even know what's going to happen with my teaching career at this point. But it is something that I don't want to give up on. I just, I knew I had to take a break. I had to step back. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, yeah. If, if you're no good, you can't be good exactly. to nobody else. And exactly. And that's what this year, school year year, not, you know, mm-hmm. a typical year, has been about for me. It was reclaiming who I am, getting back. To a place where I feel like I am mentally stable and sound. And not that I was just crazy, but like the amount of stress that I was dealing mm-hmm. with. Because y'all have to remember, I'm not only a teacher, but I'm a mom. A new mom. Because my, my oldest is four. So 
I don't, I am, I don't know what I'm doing with that either. Like, <laughs> I've just been in this learning curve for the last four to five years as far as, like, career and being a mom, trying to find balance. And, like, I'm not saying I don't have a support system, but I'm the type of person where I don't like to ask for a lot of help because mm-hmm. I don't want to be a burden to people. Mm-hmm. And that's a part of my stress, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I this, like I said, this year was me realizing, okay, you have a village. You need to call on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to go ahead and take some time off because the way that you're going, you're not going to be any good in the classroom. And so I just took this to get my life back in order mm-hmm. and i can sit here and say it was worth it it was hard mm-hmm. baby it was hard oh my god because you lose and I, I i wasn't in it for the check but like to go from income to none um, okay. to go from benefits to none, none. <laughs> um <laughs> okay listen and you know, trying to live off your savings that which was minimal in the first place because okay. you got kids and stuff. Like it was, it was a lot to adjust to. Um, but I am proud to say that my car never got repossessed. <laughs> Phone never got turned off. Oh my god, my dear girl, all that stuff <laughs> happened to me. They took Kelly in December, baby. <laughs> Kelly got repo. They was like, "Oh, you not taking care? We coming to get her." But you know, I'm but, not. I think that, you know, because when I quit, I didn't have no job. I didn't have nothing lying. You, you already know what happened mm-hmm. to me. I went to Miami for a month, Texas, yeah. D.C., <laughs> and, but I'm here now. And I think that's the thing I'm most grateful about, too, is that I'm still here. I still have my sanity. I feel so much better. I feel so much yeah. clarity. I feel at mm-hmm. peace. I feel whole. I definitely feel a much greater connection to the Most High because it was in that moment that I made the decision to quit that I was like, Lord, this is another leap of faith. It's all on you. It's me and you in this thing. Mm-hmm. Because clearly this job ain't finna save me. Clearly the way I'm trying to move ain't working. Mm-hmm. But I want to, um, I do want to continue to live. I don't want to take my own life. I don't want to put that burden on somebody else. You know, I didn't want to do that. And even though I felt that, I always thought it, you know, the thoughts were racing around that time. But yeah. We here. We here. And we, we did not give up. You know what I'm saying? We like, gave up, but we didn't give up, ultimately. Right. And that's, I, I quit my job, right. but I didn't quit on life. Exactly. I didn't quit my mission, my purpose. In fact, I rediscovered my purpose in a much better way. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, moving forward, things are going to be so much better, so much greater. Um, and everything happens for a reason. I, agree. I I firmly believe that. And had I not have had this experience like you, I wouldn't be where I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel this is all a part of my journey. So um, this was great, Jay. This is like a therapy session because, you know, I can't afford therapy right now. (laughs) But, yes, even though, you know, I had to relive a little bit of the trauma, like, I do. I feel better now. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel lighter. Yeah. So, thank you for this. Yeah. And I hope, you know, somebody hears it and... Oh, somebody gonna hear it and somebody's gonna resonate with somebody. I'm sure of that. Um, You know, I think that the most important message here is to... Take care of yourself, ladies and gentlemen. No matter no matter what happens, no matter how things go, take care of yourself and put yourself first. That's that that's the most that's and I key. I would agree. You know what I'm saying? Everything else is second. So I definitely think this is gonna be more than a three part series. Mm-hmm. We're definitely gonna address this again because there's other interviews I still gotta put out. <laughs> other episodes, you know, I thought it was gonna be a three part series. I no, we got no. more. So, um I'm curious about that. So 
Um, Jay, anything else you want to let the people know about you, about your experience before we wrap this up? Y'all gonna hear from Jay again? Trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean I, I, I pretty much put it all out there, mm-hmm. um, and you summed it up quite beautifully. Thank you. You know, so. you gotta take care of self. Self care is the best care. Self love is the best love. Like I already said, you know, can't pour from an empty cup. That's what people say all the time, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. So that's where I am. No matter what you got going on, no matter what you're dealing with, you got to make sure you're mental. You got to make sure you got some peace. Period. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. Jay, thank you for writing in my diary and being part of this beautiful thing that we're doing here. And um, ladies and gentlemen, hope you enjoyed the episode. Be sure to kept, check the description box for all the links to follow me on all the socials. And um, y'all stay blessed and highly favored. Thank you for tuning in.